Welcome to Clay as a Four Letter Word. Um, my guest today is a, has an awesome name. His name is also Ryan. So, Ryan Durbin, welcome to Clay as a Four Letter Word. Uh, thanks for being a guest yeah. and hanging out. Came all the way out to California for this. Yeah. So this is awesome. <laughs> We're live in person. Uh, second one I've done live in person. This is uh, at my high school. Ryan came in. This morning, did a demo for my advanced classes, and now we're uh, all my kids have cleared out for an hour or so, and we're that's another podcast. Yeah. So, uh, thanks for coming and welcome to California. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, and uh, just like I've asked everybody, kind of the, the first thing I ask every all my guests is, What's your story? How did you get to this? What's the Ryan yeah. Durbin version of ceramics? And so, I kind of started in clay in high school. So basically the students that you have now, like sophomore, junior year, did mm-hmm. hand building, wheel throwing, and then I took some like, you know, study all period and you take a clay class during that period to get some more practice and did some classes outside during summer break, winter break, um, at different studios around Kentucky where I grew up. Um, and then I minored at North Kentucky University, so that's up by Cincinnati, which is basically where I live now. Um, minored in ceramics there and i majored in an it field so like website development is kind of like the field mm-hmm. and uh graduated from there and then i've been kind of like doing the home studio kind of self-taught learning after that yeah so i do the full-time job in website development and then i've been selling and making since i graduated so i've been selling for about four years now and uh trying to like build that business up so that someday I can do it full time. Is that that's the goal? kind of the, that's kind of the goal. Yeah. Well, it's so a big jump, but you know, I'm so, kind of working, working my way. So do you consider you're mostly do now you're mostly doing all wheel stuff, right? Yeah, I do. I do basically all wheel stuff and just some alterations and decoration yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. But like definitely production, like wheel thrown production. Um, and another big thing I, I think is really cool that you've started recently and we were talking before, but you and Becca and I and the boldly podcast, all three of us kind of started podcasting in the last couple months and we're all kind of like figuring it out, figuring it out (laughs) and making it up as we go. But yeah, yeah, how did that whole wheel talk thing come around? Uh, So Becca and I have always been kind of like friends for the last like three or four years. We actually never met until March at Inseca this past year in Minneapolis. So Mm -hmm. We're like, hey, we've been Insta friends for years. And then that's kind of like a cool way to, you know, start friendships and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then we met there and talked a little bit. We did a lot of like Instagram live. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I watched dual casts and stuff where we're just kind of hanging out. And those get to be more interesting and more fun because when you're just by yourself on Instagram live, it's kind of boring and it's really driven by the audience. Mm -hmm. So when it's us two, like we talk about. A certain topic that's like relevant or timely to like what we just did like we did a show and we're talking about the show how did the show go and like we try to be like honest with each other about like because some people are like on their posts they'll post like oh i had a great show thanks for coming out mm-hmm. and like you don't really know like how good they did or how bad they what did is good or, what's a good show yeah so it's a bad show so like we try to be honest with it and that's kind of why we call it wheel talk so it's kind of play on like real talk mm-hmm. but it's a wheel talk so it's related to ceramics um so yeah, that's kind of the way it started. We were doing the lives and then we were like, this would be perfect for audio form. So let's do the podcast thing. And we divvied up kind of like who was responsible for what. I'm very type A. She's very type B. She said she's very much like you where you're like more like you'll figure it out. Yeah. And you're kind of like. I'm ass, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm like very structured and like, okay, let's make some ideas of like things we could talk about and like. 
you know, what could we do there? And that's kind of like the way it came about. And we kind of balance each other out that way. And the podcast format is more just her and I talking. Mm -hmm. So it's about some topic that we think is relevant. And then we bring our own perspectives to it because I do this as more of side business, side business, side hustle, small business. And she does it as her full-time thing. And she like owns a studio Mm -hmm. and like she has a lot more skin in the game there that she has to, it's all on her. And yeah, like she can bring that perspective and she's been doing it for multiple years, you know? Yeah. So what, what being in the podcasting thing, what, have you had any big challenges? Like what are the biggest things that you've Um, had to deal with? I mean, I feel like it's probably more of the challenges are probably on Becca to do the editing and figuring that stuff out. I mean, we had some like growing pains in the beginning with like to get decent quality, you have to record on each side because we don't live like, if you don't know, Becca lives in Seattle, Washington area. And I live in Southgate, Kentucky, Cincinnati, Ohio area. So we're not close together. So mm-hmm. we can't like record in person where we're talking right. like this. So right. got the internet hiccups and stuff like that. So yeah. keeping decent quality and then splicing them together to where it sounds consistent and like good is, technical. is kind of a challenge. But like, and then of course, like scheduling because she's on West Coast, I'm on East Coast. So figuring out times yeah. that work for us to record. For sure. And then that's kind of like why we put off some of the like when we released it, because we wanted to have a backlog of a few recordings. Because from what I've heard, like podcasting, you want to be like consistent and bring it out. Yeah. Like very consistently every week. So, you know, if people are have their routine on a Sunday and it comes out on Friday or Saturday, like they know that they can go in the studio that weekend and they're going to hear a new episode. Yeah. So that's like. So how how much backlog do you guys have? Uh, we probably have, I want to say another five episodes or so that have oh. already been recorded. Oh, that's awesome. So we're trying to like structure it. I don't know. It's hard. Cause you like something comes up timely and you're yeah. like, okay, we kind of did like a 20 question episode about us where we answer certain things that are relevant because mm-hmm. we didn't really talk about like us as makers and stuff before we, when we started to, like, oh, like get you to you, get used to us yeah. a ton. So we kind of like recorded those a couple weeks ago and then we're, Kind of like, okay, we need to record, we need to release this at some point. Like we probably should have done this earlier, but, uh, so we're like trying to fit that in with some Mm -hmm. of the other ones that we've already recorded and figuring out what, like what makes sense, but they're not all the exact same format every time. So it's kind of like different. It could just be some topic and we just dig deep. Yeah. The last one we recorded was an Instagram live that we recorded while we were in the studio just Uh, working. working. Oh, cool. And Becca like took the the audio of that and then made it into a podcast podcast and like cleared up some of the background. But it was like really good. That's cool. Which is just what we're doing anyways. Normally, like we're just throwing on the wheel and just Chatting. chatting. Yeah. Yeah. My original idea for the podcast, for my podcast, I was gonna like I wanted to I'm like, how could I make it so we could do it on Instagram live and then record it and then make it like super interactive. So instead of like having where I have the listener questions, I do my stories. Yeah. It'd be like, Oh, like we'll just have a, like I'll tell everybody I'm going to film or I'm going to record with this person on this day at this time. And then (laughs) everybody can watch and engage and interact with us. And, and then they can send their questions in In the the Instagram format or whatever. And you can see them and too much right now. That's too much. And then you always have the Instagram hiccups with the internet and like, yeah. can you hear me? I can't hear you. Yeah. And it's like, and then the video cuts out and then the one hour time cut. Yeah, and exactly. Like, and I was like, that might be a great idea down the line. But for yeah. now, the format I have works. I think when I did my interview with Kevin, he was he did his live. He had his Instagram live going while we were recording. Yeah. Just on the side. 
Yeah. So it's well, like a secondary thing. It's like a secondary thing. And I think that might be something cool to do if like keep the same format I'm doing, recording it the same way, but just have like yeah. both of us have it's our like phones a, like set up. Yeah. Well, we could like, you know. It's like Gary V format. Yeah. <laughs> Gary V's the, you get, the talking get, about on Gary. Live, get on live and you just see everything in person and then the podcast version of that exact same conversation is going to be recorded yeah. like two weeks later. <laughs> I think it's hard when you're doing two. it all by yourself. Definitely. But that's yeah. the challenge I have is like I'm doing everything, which is that's how I am. I've always been a like DIY. So it's like what can you handle and like, what, what can, can I, I handle release in a timely manner? And like balancing out every other aspect of my life as far as a, yeah. <laughs> a teacher and a parent and a husband and I coach my kid's soccer team. And, and an artist. And, and an and artist. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That, that like, thing that I – that's the – Yeah. That should be the main thing but that seems to be getting pushed further and further back as far as like, oh, but I have to do this and that and that. But right. It's all good. It's all good problems to have, and it's yeah. all super exciting. Um, so you spend a lot of your time during the day um, doing web design. Yep. Um, so how do you balance the web design, you know, nine to five, pay the bills job, and then the side hustle? Because Yeah. So we um, – I work from home every day, which is oh. a benefit yeah. <laughs> that most people can't do when they're um, – so some days I can, you know, fire a kiln in the morning at like seven in the morning when I get up or when the cats wake me up and I got to yeah. go. So I like go downstairs and start a kiln or whatever and it'll fire throughout the day while I'm home. Yeah. And then I can like check on it throughout the day. But most days I'll just like be done at five um, and then I'll kind of like snack on something, eat something and yeah. then I'll be down in the studio from 6 p.m. to about 11 or midnight. That's pretty consistent. Yeah. That's awesome. I would say about. Probably about three or four days a week I can do that. You're like four or five, six hours in. Yeah, that's and awesome. that's pretty good. And normally, like now, I'm kind of in a down period where we don't have classes where I teach at. Um, normally, I teach for three hours on a Monday night in uh, Covington, Kentucky. So I teach there, and that's kind of like my Monday night. So my Monday's out of the studio. I can't really do anything mm -hmm. then. And then the podcast is that evening. So my Monday's basically booked. Oh. So basically, so I have Tuesdays. Yeah, we record Mondays, so it's kind of like my Monday after work is is complete. So yeah. that that day's full, and then basically I have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday that are pretty consistent that I could be in the studio. And my wife, my wife's a flight attendant, so she works in the oh. evenings normally, like like two p.m. to about eleven or something like that. So she's gone in the evening, so it's oh, not like okay. taking time away from spending with her and stuff like that. Yeah, I was gonna ask like, what's the I was like. Like you're, the, you're married, right? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask, like, how was it yeah. balancing that with your wife? Yeah. So my She's, wife usually works every like week, uh, weekday evenings and stuff. So, mm. so that's kind of how we. So I get my time in the studio working, and I don't feel like I'm like neglecting spending time so, during the week. Um, She's on an airplane every day. Yeah, every day, and just yeah, takes, and she comes she like she goes leaves and then she local, comes back. Yeah, or, yeah. She flies for Allegiant, so they always leave, go to like Florida somewhere, and then they come back to Cincinnati every night. Oh, okay. So she's always she leaves from Cincinnati and then she comes back to Cincinnati. So so it's kind it's of a, a crazy different life. It's a different flight attendant. Like most flight attendants, will like leave and they'll go and stay in like Minneapolis like overnight, or or and then they'll nights. go to some other city that's in California for a few, couple days or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she has a different that's kind of aspect cool. there. So I get a lot. Bye, of honey. I'm gonna. Go, I'll be. In, I'll be in Florida for a minute. And yeah, then, <laughs> I'll see you in a few days. <laughs> but yeah, that's cool. yeah. I never. That's so crazy. They, yeah, they have that now. That's awesome. That's so, like really. So I get a I get a good chunk of days in the studio. Yeah, and, uh, and no kids. No kids. You plan on having kids? No, we don't want kids. So we're doing the we utilize the travel stuff. Travel good good benefits. 
go to all the that's why we're here this week we're traveling um for a week with family you know take the pto friends come with us so see the baseball games and stuff mm-hmm. like that and then you know we can go on multiple like vac- we go on like six or something vacations a year like oh, wow. long weekends or wherever yeah. so it's like she's got the hookup or just the utilizing the benefits like we can and it's awesome and then i do art shows a ton so it's like when the art shows and are mostly on the weekends yeah i do about 15 a year and they're all relatively local to yeah the, Cincinnati the first, area yeah the, there's just so much like density of just art show options there mm-hmm. and like there's plenty of market for it like a lot of people will come out to those shows even though there's so many options it's not i don't it doesn't negatively impact for some shows the more reputable ones you know you can sell at and you're gonna still get decent sales it doesn't like water down how much sales overall because there's so many markets mm-hmm. so luckily that's not been a problem but um but yeah most of them the furthest i've driven is like a couple hours just because I do it as a side thing, like I don't want to be driving like eight hours somewhere. Yeah. Your time is valuable. Yeah. So what have you had some? Uh, so being doing the art shows and you've been doing the art shows consistently for a few, couple years. Yeah. So f- this is my. I want to say this is my fourth year. So the first year I did like three art shows, and the second year I did ten, and then last year I did sixteen to eighteen. And then this year I'm doing probably about 16 to 18. And there's a lot of the same art shows you've been before. Uh, so I'm kind of I'm kind of in a spot where it, I don't know, I have this luxury where I don't rely on it for bills. Right. So like I have the ability to kind of pick and choose which shows I want to do, mm-hmm. and I keep the ones that are working. And like okay, I want to try this uh, this one a couple times because it's like a monthly thing. So I'll try oh, I yeah. tried a new one this summer, and like I did it three months during the summer or something like that. And then you know I I kind of look at the analytics and see like how well did I sell? How much did I spend for the booth? And like determine what's worth my time and what's not like, is my market there? Like, right. do I sell decent there or am I selling like a bunch of like small spoon rests that are like 15 bucks? Or, right. Like, Cause it's gotta be worth your time. Yeah. So what are the, have you had some really bad art shows that you've been to? Like we've like, yeah, I mean some of, some of them are like, like one of them, I won't mention the name of it, but one of them, like they have the good social media and like the face is good, but the customers aren't there to attend. Mm. So like they're building, I, I mean, they're building up. It's been around for a couple of years. So it's like, it's like the location's a part of it. The, you know, the advertising's a part of it. The, how long you've been around mm-hmm. the time, you know, the density of other shows may be conflicting with that one. Oh yeah um it's also like in the evenings on a weekend so it's like it's not a typical show that's like eight to f- or like yeah. uh, 10 to 4 during the day yeah. on a saturday mm-hmm. it's like in the evening so it's like a little different and the location's a little different so some of those are like okay i expect to do decent but mm-hmm. you pay like 150 bucks for a table that's like a six foot table and you sell like 250 bucks worth and it's like yeah oh, that's not worth my time like yeah. i'm not going to do that one again yeah and then if someone asks me like about that show, like I'll be honest with them, like here's yeah. what I sold, here's yeah. what I expected, like you know, in my like experience, you might want to wait it out and let them build their reputation a little more before you try that one. And then there's other ones that'll surprise you, like I started doing one that's in a certain part, of, like the west side of Cincinnati, that is a summer one. It seems like other summer markets, like you know, it's pretty pretty decent and well attended, and you know, I sold like you know. 750 bucks or something for a $50 tent like on a Saturday. Like it's yeah. pretty good and it's like 10 to 3 so it's like a little shorter than most of them. 
and it's a yeah. one day thing. So you set up, you tear down and it's like, it's pretty good. Yeah. And I can, and I did like decent for two or three of those shows this summer. Do you do a lot of online sales? I don't do a ton. I, I do like maybe, uh, not that much, maybe like 150 bucks a month or something like that. Like it's not that much. Do you need, like do you feel like you need to do the online? Do you feel like you no, it's, with the, it's like the, the effort thing for me. Like you said, like what I want to spend my time doing. So yeah. like the photographing and the, you know, the listing, I mean, a lot of that stuff can be easier now with the listing thing. You can just copy listings. It's not yeah. that big of a deal, but the, the measuring the pieces and the capacity and the <laughs> photograph, the photographing is the main thing yeah. that I don't want to do. So anytime I can spend away from the computer, like I'm all for it. So that's the, that's the part that I'm kind of like figuring out, like, do I want to do more online sales? I think there's demand, like just through Instagram yeah. and like interest. They'll be like, for sure. When can I buy that? Or something like yeah. you'll hear those comments <clears> and that'll kind of sway you a little bit of like, I think that mostly helps me like determine what pieces are resonating the most that have the most potential to sell. What should you make more of? Yeah. Like what should, what should I make more of? Or <clears throat> if I were to sell online, what is going to give me the most bang for my buck if I mm-hmm. put it online? Yeah. Like what's the most chance of it selling versus like putting cups up there? Like cups might not sell as well as putting like, you know, these certain glaze on these mugs. Right. Um, I know, <clears throat> I know you mentioned that, uh, you have a, an assistant now. Mm-hmm. So how does having an assistant, how has that impacted your production and your, your day-to-day existence, having another yeah. so competent I had, body in there with you? Yeah, I had, a, I had an assistant for about a year that graduated from college, and then she was like, oh, I I'm, I'm just don't have enough time. She mm-hmm. started a new residency or something at a mm-hmm. clay place nearby, and then I was like, okay, I'm in a hiring stage, so I'm like looking at people and figuring out like, what did I like that that I had um, Amy do before and like, what do I need help with? What could I use more? What could I dedicate more of that time um, that an an assistant can do and like figuring out what steps of my process can I delegate? So like she's, Mm -hmm. I actually hired two different people that are kind of splitting time. Mm -hmm. Um, And like one of them's like prepping a lot of clay. So I get like, cat litter five gallon cat litter buckets full of Mm -hmm. just balls of clay like hey just give me you know fill this bucket up with three quarter pounds and just fill it up so i have just buckets of clay that are waiting so i haven't had to wedge clay or anything in like (laughs) a long time um so doing like that kind of stuff saves me a lot of time like that would be a whole day or like Mm -hmm. three hours of my night Mm -hmm. out of my 20 something hours a week that i get to do so like that get allows me to produce so much more work so doing that kind of thing and then um, the other assistant, or I think the same one is like, um, slipping my cups for my new black and white stuff that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like the time to slip things is not, there's not like creativity that goes into that necessarily. Yeah. So like someone can do that and I don't feel like it's taking away from like it being my work. Yeah. It's just a step. So she's prepping it and doing that kind of thing. And then I'm doing the carving. So it frees me up time to do that. Have you, does your assistant have any experience photographing work? <laughs> I, That's something so that I, she asked, could do? I asked them some of that at the beginning when I was like figuring out tasks mm-hmm. that I would like them to do. Mm-hmm. And you kind of like gauge like, would you be interested in photographing or helping me prep listings? And it was more like, I don't really want to do as much of the photographing, but I can like help you prep listings, like measuring and like ounces and stuff yeah. like that. Like, I mean, that saves some time, but it just depends. Like yeah. my wife has said, like, I can help you do some of that, mm-hmm. but you know. Yeah, I think the photographing, I know personally I've had like a love-hate 
mostly hate relationship with photography most of yeah. my life, but come to realize like how important it is. And, you know, from my perspective where I'm at, I have not had good success doing the local sales. They don't seem to find a good, I haven't found a good market out here where I'm at. And yeah. just the, you know, all the work that goes into boxing it up and logistically moving yeah. and setting up. Like I've done the things where I, you know, buy a booth, set it up. Yeah. And I ended up losing money, you know, like, oh, yeah. like I lost $10, but I spent six hours or eight hours right. of my day your time and, and, I your effort. Booth, and everybody asked me, like, how can you possibly charge $30 for a mug? Like, but that's what it cost me. And yeah, so I know I had to kind of force myself to like, okay, I got to try this Etsy thing. Yeah. And now it's just one of those things where it's like, I got a little photo booth kind of light, light box. And it has a little background, and I know it's like, okay, this is going to be an hour or a couple hours, yeah. and just is it like semi-permanent? So it's like it's got its own spot, so I you can have like like move stuff into it, and you don't have like a big setup time of like twenty minutes to set it up. And yeah, kind of I kind of have a space. I mean, my garage is kind of a mess, but I kind of have like a table that I use, and it, take, yeah. it doesn't take me that long to set it up because I have the I got one of those booths that has like the lights already in there. Because mm-hmm. I try doing it like the backdrop with my own lights, right? And that sucked. They're yeah. bad. And then I've learned – I just spent the money because sometimes I've realized like if I have problems, I just throw money at it. And sometimes money will fix my problems. Yeah. So it was like, oh, this little photo booth, it was like 80 bucks or 100 yeah. bucks on Amazon. and So now like I feel less uh, – I get less of that like annoyed, oh, I have to photograph my work tonight feeling because yeah. it's like, okay, like this is going to take me an hour and I just use my phone. Yeah. And, you know. and then some people like they always photograph like outside. Yeah. And, and, I was gonna it, say, and natural. And I'm like, ah. I mean, you got to get that at the right time of the day. And then even yeah. if it is the right time of the day, like, do I want to do it right now? Yeah. Like, where do I do it? And, but yeah, but, but, you know, selling online opens up a lot of, you can sell to a lot more people online. Right. Like the world, the whole entire world, lot, the planet, the, literally, right. the entire planet can buy your stuff. Now shipping internationally can be pretty yeah. rough, but at the same time, if, if the customer is willing to pay for the shipping, right. like I have... I have a guy who's like in Amsterdam or Holland, you know, and yeah. he's like into my stuff and or he's in the Netherlands because that's the same place, right? Netherlands, Holland. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, he's like a guy and he's likes my stuff and he's bought a few things from me and I'm like, sure. And then it's like, oh my God. Yeah, like you're like not going to turn away a repeat customer. Like yeah. 40 bucks to ship this mug. Right. To Europe, but he's like, well, that's fine. Like, but I want it. But it's handmade, and maybe they have a more appreciation yeah, for that. Hasn't. And, like, they're, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely, like, and like, I, as much as I hate <clears throat> photographing the work, which just really sucks, I really hate shipping. Really? I like, like that I, part. <laughs> I, that part of it, just, it seems to take me so long because I'm very. Are you shipping, like, one thing at a time? Or is it, is so, it when you list it, you're like, okay, I got five things that bought, and I got to ship them all, and it's yeah. like boxing them and you sometimes have the box is ready or yeah but like i have a very limited workspace so it's uh-huh. kind of have to transform my space and okay now i'm going to be a podcasting space <laughs> now i have to clean up now i'm going to be glazing oh, now i have yeah. to clean it up now i have to be shipping like <laughs> making handles and now i have to make it my shipping space and yeah. then it's just i have my way that i that i ship my mugs and i probably put more work into it than yeah. i should but it's like this is how i ship my mugs i make these little cardboard little pods that i put yeah. them in like so I'm like, I haven't had anything break yet. Yeah, right. So part of me is like, well, I ship my stuff this way and it works. Right. So even though it takes me an extra five minutes per piece to like make the little cardboard thing, like my stuff hasn't yeah. had any. I've had people 
I shipped two, and they're like, the box looked like it got attacked by 20 pit bulls. But <laughs> the pots inside were perfectly fine. So it's yeah. like, oh, okay, good. Like, at least going through that extra effort of shipping it. But yeah. it's just it's a time thing. And yeah. my time is so, like, And that's also limited. the – that's their only interaction with you is when they get that box come in. Besides yeah. the digital and yeah. the internet part of it. But, like, they see the box. They see how you present yourself yeah. and your work when they get it. So if it's just, like, wrapped up in – whatever and it looks kind of crappy or newspaper or whatever yeah then it's like okay that's part of it i mean i'm totally my wife orders a lot of crap on amazon more stuff and we're trying to get off amazon because like amazon evil amazon bad (laughs) amazon bad man but at the same time like uh she orders stuff from amazon or just order stuff online so she gets a lot of shipping packaging Uh materials oh we have always have like extra packaging materials materials, i'm always like oh She's like, oh, I got like two of these little air bubble things. Like, oh, I need those two little air bubbles because yeah. even though it's like that much, I'm like, that's that's a good base for, my, little, it in there, yeah. for my mug boxes when I ship right. like one mug. But yeah, the whole, I mean, at, the, at this point, I'm like, oh, I'm totally going to just keep doing Etsy and keep shipping yeah. because trying to do it around here, I get an incredible amount of, it's, <laughs> I, I, I tend to do sales and leave with a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. From my experiences, I've been doing it. I've had some really good ones, and the last couple ones I've done have been more yeah. seasonal, holiday, collaborating with other ceramic artists around here. We have a group yeah. of three or four or five of us that we've done holiday sales the last couple of years. And those have been really good, but um, I've done the farmer's markets around here. and I've yeah, the, never had super good sales at farmer's markets. Yeah. It's just Pe- like people are people going are just for, out and about. for vegetables. Like yeah. They went there to buy vegetables, not right. to buy like $30, yeah. $40 coffee mugs. And now my coffee mugs are like the sneaker <clears throat> mugs I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, those are like not forty dollars. Those have to right. be more. If each mug's taking me three or four hours, like, what do those sell for? Are they like seventy plus? Um, I was selling some of them for sixty-five. Yeah, but the new sneaker. So, oh, it's the motion sensor. Just move your. Move there you go. <laughs> there we go. Edit. <laughs> so yeah, the um. What I want to do is I want to sell the – because I'm really weird with numbers. I'm a weird – in my brain, like numbers are really yeah. – I like numbers. And numbers have like meaning to me. So mm-hmm. my goal – and I sold some at the um, Companion Gallery. I got into the Cobalt Show. So nice. I had two of the my sneaker mugs there and I put them for 85. Uh-huh. And at 85, that's the year that those that shoe, the Air Jordans oh. came out. So I'm weird okay. with like numbers. So I'm like, oh, 85. That's like the. I thought um, you were gonna say like you only use even numbers or something. No, in the second part. No, <laughs> sometimes I, I like I like the number three and I like multiples of three. So three, six, twelve, nine. Yeah. Anything with a three in it, I like. I really like the number fifty-one or things that add up to six. So like five and one and four and two. Like I'm psychotic. <laughs> that's weird. But it makes sense to me. But then having the like meaning. So to me, like the. Jordans were made in 85. That's the year that yeah. they first came out. So making that as like $85 as a price. Yeah. To me, that's cool. And then I'm doing the Vans mugs. The Vans came out in 1966. So I want to sell my Vans slip-on mugs for like 66. But when they're each taking me like three or four hours, like yeah. I don't have a problem being like, oh, yeah, I'm like, I'm worth $20 an hour. Plus all those, you know, I make 20 mugs and two of them cracked. So that's four hours out the door. Right. Like that's trash. So. So I don't have an issue at this point in my life. Like you said, I'm not relying on this to pay my bills. Yeah. I do this. I'm kind of – sorry, administration. I'm doing a podcast while I'm, <laughs> I'm on the clock, but we won't tell. Like, it's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm kind of in the um, 
you know, this isn't what I'm, I feel like it's worth and this is what my time is worth to me. And if I don't sell them, then right. I'm not going to like, and that's so like different his, for everybody. Yeah. And we all have our own version of ceramics and our own reasoning or our own kind of, uh, you know, some people are production and they're just like, no, I need to make like a hundred mugs a week, you know? And that's, right. that's like cool. Like that's what you have to do. And that's, that's your market and that's your, your niche. That's yeah. your niche. And then. I've kind of slowly transitioned, like just taking longer and longer and longer on each piece that now yeah. it's like, okay, I guess I'm going to be more in the, in this kind of side of ceramics as opposed to the production side. Mm-hmm. Cause I've done the kind of production stuff and didn't get the response I wanted. Or, yeah. I mean, I have a lot of stuff at home that's been, but I think your format like works better for the online. Like you said, like yeah. it, and it builds that urgency and that like, yeah. there's a limited number of them because I yeah. spend three hours on each one. Right. Like and that goes along with the like sneaker culture. Or it's very limited. Where they like release. limited edition and limited release. So it's like there's only 10,000 of this sneaker in the entire country. Yeah. You better get it right away. And that was kind of one of the reasons why I started it. It was kind of seeing some other ceramic artists who were doing the right. releases sell out in five minutes. Yeah. People are waiting on their computers. Right, right. Same exact thing was happening with sneakers. Restock is going to happen like, this day. This yeah. Time. So it's like. You know, because I've done the thing where I was like, oh, I'm going to release my stuff at this time. And I'm like super excited and I'm getting all this good feedback and I release it. And then I'm like sitting here waiting. Crickets, crickets, and I'm crickets. Like, oh, and I suck. I've been so bad at this. Like, why did I think that I could? That's the thing with the photography that I'm like, you put that work up front and you're like, there's no guarantee it's going to. I mean, there's never a guarantee it's going to sell, but it's like, yeah, I really hope this is going to sell. And then I, so that's kind of like what I was doing with my black and white stuff where like I got a really good response and people were liking it. And then I released it maybe a week or so ago. I sold like four things. Maybe on there's still some on there. Yeah. OK. And so I was like, OK, like. I shouldn't have expected everything to sell. Like, that's fine. I'm kind of, like, okay with that now. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I'll put some more back on there when I get back home. And uh, that's just kind of the way it's going to be. It's going to be on there. And I took a little less time photographing. I did the photos with the piece in front of the kiln wall. So it was yeah. a little bit Neutral less background. work. And I guess a little more, like, hopefully a little more urgency that, like, this thing is fresh out of the kiln. Like, I'm holding it. Mm-hmm. So... Something a little different yeah. and like kind of playing around with it. So, and that's what's cool is there's no like set formula. Like yeah. this is what you have to do to be a successful yeah. ceramic artist. Right. Like you can do this, you can do that. I do wish like applying for shows that are juried that you don't have to have the gradient and you yeah. can have a little more like natural look or something different that's not so like buttoned up. So I'm like, I game. need to pay somebody to like photograph some nice pieces for <laughs> for yeah, shows. Yeah, I think year. some and of it's so, just getting the right setup. Yeah. Sometimes that's getting that little booth background that had the lights built in and uh-huh. it has like a nice white background and it collapses down relatively easy flat and it's just like a little pop up. Right. Plug it in. Done. And it's done and the lighting's done and the background's just still plain white background. And yeah, it's, you know, I, I use my phone to photograph, but I, instead of using the standard um, camera app, I like found another app. It's called ProCam. 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 And then with the ProCam, like I hate photography, but I've realized like it's really important. And I can change the like settings so I can change yeah. the ISO, so I can change with the lighting to so get more of that. So basically like a DSLR kind it's of like thing. It's like a DSLR on my on phone. An app, yeah. And I'm waiting to get a new phone sooner or later. I have an iPhone 7 and yeah. I know the new one just came out, the 11. And yeah. that's really cool. It has all the cameras, but probably the 10. 
yeah. which would be just as good for what I want to do. Right. I really want to get like a nice camera and get more professional, but I yeah, there's only so much you can do. All right, we're back. All right, so we had a little. Uh, I had a guest come in and kind of class started, so I had to move back. Now we're out by the kiln, but <laughs> we're all good. I know we were just talking about uh, photography and that kind of stuff, and and sales and. So another thing I wanted to ask you is, uh, I know we were talking and you mentioned that you, uh, in the studio, you watch uh, Netflix. Yeah. I think that's a kind of interesting part of like what we do in the studio while we're working. Like what do we use as right. our side distractions? Do we do music? Do we do Netflix? Do we do podcasts? Do we do... Yeah, it like, bounces around. Like I was doing maybe uh, six months ago, I might have been listening to serialized podcasts where it's like a cri- like true crime kind mm-hmm. of stuff where you're following a story and you kind of got to pay attention to the intricacies. Um, you know, some of it's just Netflix and just watching series shows that you can follow along mm-hmm. and like um, listen along. Yeah. Like listen you along. listening. Yeah. Or, um, or I'll watch like Law and Order SVU cause I've seen them all. And it's like, <laughs> that's very audio driven that you have to like follow the story. Yeah. Like I've seen it. So I know like what's going on. And if you think about it, like if you don't actually watch it, like you can follow along. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I started listening to more like or watching more like Netflix comedy stand up specials. So like oh, yeah. those are kind of my jam. Like oh, okay. I like to just watch different stand up specials. Oh. Do you have any favorite new ones that you've seen? I mean, I like or? some of the, like the Dave Chappelle newer ones. And yeah, that one's kind of controversial. Yeah, he's kind of pushing yeah. the boundaries. But you, you liked it? Yeah, I, like I haven't it. listened to it. Watch yeah. it. And then uh, you know some of the just the different comedians. I, I kind of got an appreciation for like the comedy and the like mm-hmm. art that goes into it for sure. Probably from listening to, like Joe Rogan podcasts and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And like you know, have you seen like Anthony Jeselnik? It's kind of mm-hmm. like dark humor, yeah. but like kind of like on the edge. Yeah, and it's like kind of interesting, but it's like you know he's that's like his personality. Yeah. like his that's his who he his is. gimmick as a comedian or yeah. his thing. Yeah. So like some of those kind of things that is kind of like what I like to enjoy when I'm in the studio. Cause a lot of them aren't physical. So you don't really have to watch necessarily. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, yeah. Yeah. That's so kind of like those kind of things. That's kind of one of the reasons I started doing this is I was listening to like comedians doing podcasts. Yeah. It's like a Joe Rogan podcast. But then there was like another one that's called like the King and the Sting. It's like Theo Vaughn and yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Brandon, Sh- Brandon Schaub and then Brendan Schaub and, uh, yeah, I like Theo Vaughn. He's funny. Yeah, Theo. I love Theo. He's he's a cool dude, and it's cool because they're all Southern California. And then yeah, that's why I went to the com- that's why I came to the comedy store when I was here. Oh, I you was did? Like, oh, you did we went we store. went there like last week. Oh, cool. So Who that, did you see? And that was um, Sebastian Maniscalco was the main oh. like headline guy, mm-hmm. and then we saw some other guys that I hadn't seen before, yeah. like or heard before, like Steve Byrne was one of them, and um, oh yeah, yeah. some Steve other Byrne? people, yeah. Yeah, it might be more local, noticeable around here because they probably do stand up all the time. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, around here there's like the Brea Improv, which isn't that far from yeah. us, and then there's the Irvine Improv, and then LA has a bunch of stuff. Hollywood and, Improv, and yeah, the Hollywood Improv, Laugh, and there's Laugh the Factory. Ontario Improv. So like where I'm at, there's like three improvs, four improvs within yeah half hour, forty five minutes. Comedy's and, just huge here. It's just yeah, like, and which the, I, I I was like, we gotta hit gotta hit the yeah. comedy store while I'm here. That's cool, you did that. Yeah, yeah, I I. Uh, that's really cool. I know I like I've always had appreciation for listening to like sports. Yeah. I always used to love listening to like baseball on the radio or football on the radio. Yeah. And now I listen to like stupid, but I listen to like pro wrestling. Yeah. Like I'll watch how pro wrestling on and I'll kind of yeah. listen and then you know, oh Is it more like the matches or is it like the build up the and then like the backstory? The, the matches like- or whatever, I know it's stupid. I just like the story. It's like my 
yeah. soap opera that I watch. Right, right, right. It's your like guilty pleasure. It's my guilty thing. pleasure, yeah. and people want to say like, "Hey, I still do that." I'm like, "Do you watch Game of Thrones? That's fake too." Yeah, they didn't really kill a dragon. That's <laughs> fake. Yeah, that guy really did get on top of a ladder and jump on his friend. Right. Maybe they're friends. Yeah. But right now, right now, Sundays in the studio are kind of you know NFL's on, and I'll watch that, or that'll be in the background, or you know yeah. I play fantasy Bengals football. Fan? So Bengals fan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm more like I play fantasy football, so like honestly, I'm more like yeah, player. So you can't watch Monday Night Football though, because you got work and well, the class. Yeah, and- not not Monday night. I mean, when I get back, I can see the end of it oh, usually. Okay. Oh yeah, because you're. But if we're podcasting, actually, we haven't been podcast- podcasting long enough to have Monday Night Football start. Yeah, well, since the, it started, the Bengals so. play on Monday, don't they? Bengals and Steelers. These Bengals and Steelers on okay. Monday. So. I haven't followed. I don't, know, I don't know if that's if <laughs> the Bengals aren't important, but I don't know. Both teams are not doing very well this year, so yeah. But you know, it's, we'll see. So I know you also have a home studio. Yeah. So um, just kind of the nuts and bolts of like building a home studio. Like, how did that go about? Like, what did you kind of? Yeah, did you have so, a game plan or? Like- so I was like getting to the end of college, and I kind of always knew that I did not want to have the overhead of paying and renting a studio space at like a local. Um, clay store, clay supplier, whatever, because those can cost like two or three hundred bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Like that's a big expense. Yeah, like I don't, yeah. I've already got you know other bills and stuff. Like I don't want to have that as an expense and a limiting factor for my creativity and like being able to do what I need to do, um, art wise. So I was like, I want to build a home studio. Um, you know, when I graduated, I got a, I got a wheel from someone that was an alumni of the college I went to and I bought like a used Brent wheel. Oh, cool. Still wasn't cheap, but you know, I bought Brents it are good. And, and I knew it was going to last me. And, you know, I kind of built that up, got a kiln for free from another alumni that was like right by oh, cool. the college and she was getting rid of them. So I got a really crappy like kiln sitter scut. It's okay. You know, the bricks were all crumbling and stuff <laughs> and, but you learn the like changing elements and you learn, you know how much you can fit mm-hmm. and like how to pack a kiln well and what furniture do you need and cones and all that kind of stuff. So I think like getting a kiln that's kind of crappy and you could find those on Craigslist yeah, and all that for now sure. for super cheap and just got to start somewhere. Yeah. As people get intimidated, they look online and they'll look like, Oh wow. All this equipment's really, really expensive. Right. But so many people get ambitious in my experience. So many people get ambitious. They're like, Oh, I'm going to start. I took a ceramics class. It's really fun. I'm going to build a studio. Yeah. They buy all the equipment. They do it for a week, a month, a year. And it's a and storage then, then top for there. their garage and they yeah. put stuff on top of it. And then it's like, oh, I'm moving. I need to get rid of this wheel, this kiln. Yeah. I always have students that ask me like, oh, where should I get a wheel? Like wheels are really expensive. I'm like, check Craigslist. Craigslist, check Facebook Craigslist. Marketplace. Yeah, Amazon Marketplace. Facebook, you know, has the local thing. Yeah, Facebook Marketplace is what I like to oh, yeah. go to as well. Yeah, and then, you know, we're, I'm always like, is it worth it to drive like a couple hours to yeah. get something if it's cheap enough. Yeah. Like if you need to Depen- drive. Yeah, it depends on what it is. And yeah. yeah. But if it's like $1,000 for a wheel or $200, but I got to drive, but like I have a four hour, Round two trip, hours there, yeah. is it worth it? I mean, to me, yeah. To me, that would be worth it. And a lot of my, I've had a few students who have contacted me recently about like, oh, I saw this wheel for sale. Is this a good deal? Do you all have a good like amount of people that are selling items like that? No, but. It's enough that if you check, I'm sure if we checked right now, you can check, you know, with every like couple days a week for the next couple months or something. So, you it's can so you densely populated here. There's yeah. so many people in Southern California that you could find something. You can yeah. find. You look. Yeah. And you're patient, and you're not in an immediate rush to get everything yeah. done like right away. You can definitely 
get the stuff. Yeah. Um, and I did that for like, you know, you never have enough shelving or like tables and stuff. So yeah. like, you know, you just get on, you know, I think Facebook marketplace and I got like a metal shelving unit, two of them for like 20 bucks or something or yeah, 30 bucks. And I mean, a Potter studio is just kind of the haphazard batch of shelving and tables secondhand and, and yeah. like drywall that somebody left down the street that they were putting out for the trash. And I like went over there like the night before trash night and like grabbed a <laughs> big piece of drywall and like put it in the yeah. studio. Cut it, up you can cut it up and use it for like wear boards. For like, sure. You just kind of do what you got to do. And I always like seeing how I feel like so many, I look at other people's studios and so many people have the same like two by fours and plywood like work tables. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's the same kind of two by fours and yep. buy some, go to Home Depot, I need a sheet of plywood, I need <laughs> yeah. six two by fours and I need some screws and a saw and you're good. I got, yeah. my, I got my work table on there. Exactly. See everybody, I'm like, wow, that's the same kind of table that I have in my studio yep. that I built. That's exactly yep. the one I want. So what's the like, uh, I know you're doing, you're kind of balancing being a web designer or web developer, web developer, yeah. and yeah. then um, you know the side hustle. What's the like big picture five year? What's what's the five year or ten year plan? We'll see for RD. We'll, we'll see if five years from now I am um, full time, but it's a big jump. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like I'm I'm kind of getting the. Like I said earlier, I'm kind of figuring out what shows are worth it for me. So what's going to give me the most bang for my buck so that I'm, you know, making that income to cover the expenses and stuff. And then I picture that over time, I'm going to get more of a customer base. And then that price of my items is going to go up naturally by mm-hmm. supply and demand. And your work will evolve. Yeah. And, and then your work might get more. And I'm going to grow a bigger group of people that appreciate this style and that yeah. style. And then like, you know, divvy it up between online and um, galleries and stuff like that yeah. so that I'll make enough to supplement and then like at some point when it financially makes sense then yeah. I'll make the jump it could be five years from now it could be 15 years from now like I don't could have a timeline like retirement that has to plan. be yeah because that's a I good mean, retirement plan too. I mean like I make good money now so it's yeah. like going from that I mean maybe they say like invest in do all that early so like i'm doing that now and i've got money saved up and i've got like retirement 401k stuff and all that kind of thing so like i wouldn't be doing that if i was a full-time artist yeah because i wouldn't have enough money to do that so yeah. hopefully saving now you know 30 years from now that money is going to be really nice and you know i'm saving enough early on where i don't need it as much and then we can invest it and use it yeah. that way so that it can it can be not as big of a hassle and jump when I do decide, like, I want to do this full time. Do you like the web development stuff? I do. Okay. It's challenging. As long as, you're, as, long and, as you like it. Yeah. Then. Yeah, I like it. It's not yeah. like I don't like going to work every day or whatever. Yeah, okay. um, I so mean, it's good. I mean, if it was half the money, like, would I like it as much? Like, probably not. Like, the money is definitely a factor. It's not like, like, I love it. ceramics, but like, do I want to struggle and figure out how to make, you know, 30K a year or something? Right. Like. I'm trying to jump from like, to be honest, I'm jumping from like a six figure income to whatever a ceramics person makes. And it's yeah. like, how do you replace that? Like, it's I can't, I can't, under, I can't replace that. Yeah. Um, it's hard to make. And if you're making six figures doing ceramics, like you're definitely doing yeah. something right. <laughs> so like, I've got to work my way up to get to that point. Yeah. And like, can we be okay with uh-huh. like meeting in the middle or like having that conversation with a full time 
with my job at some point to say like, can I draw back and go part time or something? Like, is that possible? Or is there like a sabbatical option where I can try this out and take some time off so that I kind of get a break? Yeah. So like, that's kind of a thing. I mean, that's cool. I mean, this, you kind of have, it sounds like you've thought about it at least a little bit. I've thought about, yeah. About what the- I'm not going to make the jump to be like, oh, I hated, man, I'm just hating this. Like, I'm just going to jump and yeah, like, yeah. I'm not that kind of personality to like Spontaneously decide that change your life without, without thinking things through and yeah. figuring all that out. Yeah. So it, it's tough. Sounds like you got a plan. Yeah. Um, another question I ask everybody, have you had any epic, uh, disasters as a ceramic artist anything that's happened where you're just like oh my goodness so aside from the metal rib of death like getting you know cleaning the tools off and cutting my hands and stuff like that i want i just thought of the like high school where you're throwing a big pot and you're like happy with it and then (laughs) you know you go to do something and you accidentally step on the wheel pedal and turn it on full (laughs) speed and those pots are never like the most structurally sound, course, so yeah. like it's top heavy, and, it goes and then it speed. pulls itself off the wheel with the bat and like flops on the ground, yeah. and then you're like, shit, and you're like, what am I gonna do here? And then um, you know you kind of salvage it, and you, I did some carving on it or something, and like altered it so that it looked like something. I don't even know where it's at. I, my mom probably has it in the basement or something somewhere, yeah. but no major injuries. No, it's good. no major injuries. That's good. Just a little. You know, yeah, a little normal cuts, cuts on and, your hands and stuff. Yeah, but no like touching hot <laughs> shelves and that kind no of thing. emergency room trips. No, <laughs> that's good. No, none of I haven't had an emergency room trip. I definitely got my fair share of burns and cuts. Yeah, especially unloading like high school kids' work and the glazes drip and you grab it and it's like oh oh yeah yeah yeah. Actually, yeah. I did have one where I like was cleaning off a kiln shelf and you just like yeah like flick at the. The, yeah, yeah. the piece of glaze that's on there and you kind of like cut yourself and I'm like, I just rub my finger like right across Barely. a piece of glass. Like, what yeah. am I doing? Yeah. How do we do with our life? Got a couple listener questions. Uh, one of them is from Earth and Bones and he asked, uh, Terrasidge or Underglaze? Um, it is not Terrasidge. I'm, I'm going from Underglaze to Slip actually because it's just cheaper to use Mason Stain with my clay body that I already used. So I basically water down the clay um, to a slip consistency, take all the water off the top and add the appropriate, um, well, I'd, I'd take the dry material and then weigh out 20% of black mason stain to color it to that dry material that I make. And then I mix it up into a slip consistency. And okay. and that's cheaper than buying, you know, the pints of, like I spent, I got a gallon of under black underglaze for like 77 bucks because it was 30% yeah. off. Yeah. But like over time, that's not going to be, yeah. like it's going to be cheaper to do slip and talk that's where you talk with some other artists like i was doing that and rebecca grays from grays co pottery was like hey i use this black um slip like you should add colorant to slip and make it um you know black and it'll be cheaper and it'll be your clay body so you know it's gonna fit well um yeah so that's what i've been doing cool. i haven't used terra right. but yeah um fitzgerald ceramics he asked uh what inspired you to start your podcast Uh, Yeah, we talked about it a little bit. I would say just I thought that our discussions needed to reach a wider like it would benefit like with what I handle with like social media and stuff. Like I want to help other people out Mm because I feel like overall it's going to help the community build up 
Absolutely. And, and being more generous and like giving to other people is mm-hmm. going to help me in the long term. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to get some return in that yeah. in the future. That's exactly and if you're not, started this one. If yeah. you're not like all about, hey, here's my stuff. Come buy my stuff. And you're not all salesy and you're more like giving. Yeah. Like give everybody says like 51%, 49%. Like always give more than you're yeah, taking. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, sure. so like that's kind of why I wanted to start it. And Becca and I were just like our personalities were so that we like talking about these topics that mm-hmm. might not be like, you know, something that other people want to talk about or, mm-hmm. you know, people don't want to talk about money or they don't want to talk about, you know, like the realistic part of, you know, doing art for a living where they're like, oh, you're doing what you love. So, you know, why do you need a value, you know, a living from it and right. make like a decent amount? Still got to pay your bills. Yeah. Still got to like feed yourself so and like, pay your rent. So like we we're all about talking about those kind of things. Yeah. And that's kind of like why we wanted to to do it. Yeah, and audio was a perfect format for that. Yeah, yeah, it's cool how I like how the Instagram Live kind of was the foundation. Yeah, and like we just need to keep doing this, but do it a little more like. Yeah, and I had like a I had an earlier idea ish. I mean, I did some where I did some lives with people and I scheduled them, and I was like, "Hey, do you want to meet and talk, and we'll talk about whatever." And I met with maybe four different people that were not Becca, and we like scheduled it, and we met and talked for an hour while we're working in the studio, and we're just mm-hmm. talking about whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, I was like, "That's a good format," and that's kind of like the interview style, but it's through Instagram, so it's kind of podcast-ish okay. format. Um, but it's more like free flow, and we're just kind of hanging out. But then people are like iffy about being on camera, and yeah. some people are like that kind of thing. So yeah, but it's, it's but, hard but, to put yourself out there. People are yeah. self-conscious. I used to hate the sound of my voice, and now I realize yeah. like this is what I sound like. That's just like when I started doing the like video stories of like what I'm doing in the studio. Mm-hmm. Like I just got comfortable with it. Like yeah. some people are more reluctant of like hearing themselves and seeing themselves, and I'm just like, hey, this it is what it is. Like I'm gonna do it over time, and it's <laughs> gonna be nothing for me. Yeah, it took me like 41 years to accept who I was. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is what I am, and this is what I get, and. There's only so much about myself yeah. I can change, and this yeah. is how it is. I'm just being honest about it, and I'm not yeah. trying to like brag or flaunt or do whatever. I'm just like, I want to show people what work goes into my work mm-hmm. so they can see like how much time and effort and stuff goes into what I do. Right. And then I can be transparent and show other people, like, if they want to do this as a living or if they want to do this and learn the process of it, like, it's not easy, and this was goes into it. I mean, I'm spending like a Tuesday night down in the studio, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, an hour at a time like adds time, adds a bunch over time. I mean, For sure. all those hours add up. Uh, another last question is from Becca at Five Lines oh. Pottery Studio. Don't worry, it's it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty, it's it's definitely a good acad- academic question. She Ooh. asked, "What's your best advice for working a full time job and keeping up on selling pots?" Um, I would say it ultimately comes out of priorities. Like I set certain priorities of what I want to focus my time on. And, um, you know, I spend days where I don't leave the house for like four days in a row. And like, that's my priority is I want to grow the ceramics to a place where I can do it full time. So that's my end goal. Right. And those days of working two hours in the studio or one hour in the studio add up over time. Mm -hmm. And like, that's the long game. And I think that's like what you got to do. You got to set your priorities. What do you want to be spending your time doing? What's going to be beneficial to like working toward that goal? And uh, what's going to take away from that? Like, if you're just sitting on the couch doing, like, Netflix, yeah. like, yeah. is that benefiting? Or can you just put Netflix or a podcast on in the background while you're in the studio working? Yeah, for sure. Or do you not like, like, being in the studio? Is it a dingy, like, basement? Like, do you need to change your scenery a little bit so that it makes it more, you know, mm-hmm. conducive to 
you wanting to be there. Yeah. 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 I think it's just balancing and prioritizing. Yeah. And don't have kids, you know. <laughs> I mean, kids are awesome, but I've said it a million times, but kids are so much work and so much of your life is dedicated to them. It's definitely, yeah. I see people who are in same situation, similar situations that I, I'm in, but don't have kids. And it's like, wow, like what you're saying, it's like, oh, six o'clock, seven o'clock, I can go work in the studio for like four or five hours. Yeah. Like, oh. I have two cats and my oh. wife is working. So, so you're like, like, cool, I can do me. Yeah. And I have to wait till like nine, nine thirty to do me. But I'm so grateful I get what I get and that's what yeah. I get. So And then I try to like balance out saving time for myself sometimes and like I enjoy golfing sometimes. So like during the summer we actually golf like four times this week, which oh, is cool. fun. So we like found some courses or whatever. So I'll yeah. like I'll be like, Okay, I had a show the last two weekends and I was in the studio a lot. Like it's okay to give myself a day off yeah. and like go play golf on a Monday night in the evening by myself and I'll just go play and it's enjoyable. And like, I don't stress out and like get aggravated with like not doing well or whatever, like yeah. do something that you enjoy. That's going to, it's fine. You know, it's yeah, it's fine. And I'm fine spending money on that and it's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Take care of yourself. I mean, I could sand. like exercise more or whatever, but like that's my exercise. I like going out and walking and playing golf yeah. and stuff like that. So it's like, it's enjoyable to do that for me. So cool. like, cool priorities. Yeah, priorities and save time for yourself when you need it for sure. Um, so kind of getting to the end. I got a class coming up in about fifteen minutes. So yeah. Um, do you have any pl- plugs or how to get a hold of you or you know uh, kind of give be- us all your info? Yeah, I'm the most active on Instagram. So at RD Ceramics. That's R's and Ryan D's and Durbin um, Ceramics. And uh, I got stuff on Etsy. I'll have stuff up there here. Well, it'll be on there when the podcast is live. And uh, RyanDurbinCeramics.com. And uh, Wheel Talk is Wheel the Talk. name of the podcast. Yes. Uh, yeah, we'd love to have you listen in. Whether you're a small business owner or maker or artist or just want to hear two people bullshit. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's at, at Wheel Talk Podcast. At Wheel Talk Podcast on Instagram. Instagram. And yep. then Wheel Talk Podcast on iTunes and all the Spotify and all the... Yeah, platforms. It's my favorite word about plat. All the platforms, Across all of your platforms. Yes, your favorite all of your favorite platforms. platforms. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was awesome. Thanks for coming in and hanging yeah. out with me today at my yeah my outside in the kiln kiln shed. Yeah, this is our <laughs> kiln area. It's our dirty old dial that works. Anyways, um, yeah, thanks for being a guest on Play the Four yeah. Letter Word and cool. cool. Peace. Thanks. See you guys. Hey, thanks for uh, hanging out with me and Ryan. We had a fun conversation. And it's always cool to talk to someone in real life. Um, So it was cool to have Ryan come to my classroom. He hung out for the day. He demoed for my advanced classes. Just kind of made some stuff. We hung out. Uh, It was good to get to chat and get to know him. It's uh, it's way different than uh, just... You know some of you guys on Instagram, and it's awesome, but to get to know people in real life is even better. So that was really a great experience uh, hanging out with Ryan, and he's going to be at ClayCon West, I believe, in uh, January. So I look forward to hanging out with him again and, uh, you know, hang out again with Ryan. So Ryan Palooza, we'll call it. Um, check out Ryan's podcast, Wheel Talk, with uh, Becca Otis, uh, episode 8 guest on my podcast. So it's awesome. They have a cool conversational kind of style podcast where they talk about their experiences as makers and sellers and 
their, um, you know, different kind of journeys to become professional ceramic artists. Uh, also, Alyssa Westenbrock-Coster and Heidi Fehrenbacher have a podcast called the Boldly Podcast. Boldly with an I, B-O-L-D-L-I, B-O-L-D-L-I podcast. The Boldly Podcast. All three of us uh, are all relatively new to the podcasting world in the podcasting ceramics uh you know, spectrum of podcasters. Um, we're all kind of in the, you know, less than, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm on episode, this is episode 15, and I think Heidi and Alyssa are also about episode 15 or 16. I think they're one or two ahead of me. And um, I know uh, Ryan and Becca have a bunch of podcasts already in the bag. They're way more organized than I am. But, hey, we're all trying to create cool content for everybody and, you know, interesting conversations with Ceramics just to grow our community bigger. And, you know, when we do meet each other in real life, we have a little background on each other and some cool stories and hopefully educational to some people and get some ideas or, yeah. So, anyways, um, thanks for listening. Follow me at Ryan Wright Ceramics on Instagram and follow... Um, the podcast at Clay's a four letter word. Um, new episodes every Tuesday. My name is Ryan Reich. Thanks for hanging out with me and Ryan on Clay's a four letter word. Thanks as always to my wife and kids for putting up with me. And because um, I'm kind of a weirdo and a handful. And I don't know. I, it's a two way street. My kids are crazy. My two year old is nuts. I guess all two year olds are nuts. Anyways, that's what's up. Have a good one. Peace.